K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, damn, we got a bomb. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Black on Both Sides. I'm one half of your host, King Kunta 3X. The other half is locally known, world now, universally accepted. My ace in the hole, my toucan Sam, my right-hand man, Mr. Be Honest. What up, B? What's going on, Kunta? Long time no talk. Listeners, long time no listen. That's right. Things have gotten real. As uh, that, that talented bard of Houston, Texas, known as Lil' Kiki would say, the shit done hit the fan and the flip going script, going, uh, what, the script going flip? Whatever. <laughs> shit didn't happen, man. We're back now. Apologies. It was mostly beyond his fault. It was. 100%. Uh, but in any event, uh, in not being around like we should have been around, we are now chock full of content because much has happened on the political spectrum. But first... Be honest. Did you know that trap music is a worldwide phenomenon? Um, I think that hip hop is, and so anything that hip hop does becomes that. I was literally one week old last week when I heard Japanese trap. Japanese trap. I haven't heard that yet. So I'm going to suggest you take a you you your you YouTube, or you go to your whatever streaming service, uh, iTunes Music or Google Play, and try Bad Hop B A D H O P. Well, uh-huh. Kunta, where'd you hear Bad Hop from? I was watching my favorite anime on the Netflix, King and Ashura. Be honest, you watch that shit? Of, of course, course not. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Threw it out there. So I'm here. I am here, King Kunta, sitting, minding his own damn business, watching some delicious anime. Uh, violence stop on a cliffhanger contemplating this shit wait for the you know the, the the Debbie Downer contemplative anime music and what do I get I get trap beats I was like is that future is that Tredavious is that Gucci man is that Lord Savage the 21st no man he's a Japanese dude it's pretty pretty lit check him out Bad Hop B-A-D-H-O-P Bad Hop Probably won't. I don't know but, what the fuck they're saying, but the trap beats are nice. Yeah, probably won't, but thanks for the uh, the recommendation. Let it not be said that black and both sides is not international. There you go. All right, so let's get right to it. Enough of the fuckery. So, oh wait a minute. Can I, I promise can I say you, thank you, I will you first? not be shooting from the hip. Can I what? say? Can I say thank you first? Go for it, uh, listeners. I would like to say thank you for making Black on Both Sides the second most popular show. On the Rare Sonics Network. That's a big damn deal. Yes, it is. You know, sometimes, be honest, and I will probably be, you know, not really sure if, you know, you guys really, you know, out there listening to what we have to say about, for the most part, what's going on in the world. So I definitely appreciate all those who listen. Uh, and I ask you, you know, if you like what we're doing, you like the direction we've gone, because if you've been here from the beginning, you've seen that we've evolved, please share the show with a friend. Uh, but we are blown away by, you know, the outpouring of support that we see through the streams and downloads of the show. So much appreciated. And with that, you know, we're going to keep doing our best to make this show, you know, the best show it can possibly be. All right. Now to the bullshit. Not a bullshit. Okay, be honest. So, did you know 
that a tryout happened yesterday in your beloved uh, state and city of Atlanta, <laughs> there, Georgia. Did you know there were rumblings? Yeah, there were rumblings. All right, so let's do it this way. So Monday or Tuesday, Colin Kaepernick sitting, mind his own business, probably picking out his fro. Well, half of it. The other half is probably probably braided. Um, probably you know, reading. Uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X got some incense burning. Um, probably have some sort of a vegan sandwich next to him. And he gets a phone call from his agent. Agent says, Hey man, just got off the, I just got off the, the telly. NFL says you need to show up in Atlanta Saturday because they're going to give you a tryout and a lot of teams going to a gang of teams going to be there. So let me just let me just unpack what I'm saying using hyperbole. On Monday or Tuesday, Colin Kaepernick is informed via his agent that the NFL, out of the blue, is holding a tryout, if you will, for him on Saturday for multiple NFL teams. So what does Colin Kaepernick do? Be honest, what do you think Colin Kaepernick would do in that situation? He's, he's reading his autobiography, Malcolm X. He's got his vegan sandwich there. Half his hair is unbraided. What do you think he would say about that? Fuck Whitey and put his fist up? No. no? Uh, well, maybe he did that. Well, he uh, did that and he probably then said this. Wait a minute. But it's Monday or Tuesday. That gives me like three days. Maybe it would make more sense if we're really talking about my NFL future, my last chance... So maybe push it another week so I can get everything ready to go so I can showcase reasonable. What do you think? Unreasonable? Reasonable. Very reasonable. I mean, he has to be in tip-top shape to be an NFL quarterback. At least get the man, I would say, a month. Nope, nope. We got got four days. But, you know, hey, that's reasonable. Throw it back, agent guy. Agent. Gotcha, Cap. We'll be back in a minute. Agent. Cap. They say hell to the gnaw. They say you got to be there or be square, and the shit's in Atlanta. Be honest, do you know where Cap lives? I don't know where he lives, no. Not in fucking Atlanta. He lives in New York. I knew he didn't live in Atlanta, but I didn't know where. That's where he's been residing, is New York. Okay. Okay, so let's go full stop here. So be honest. So the NFL has contacted Colin Kaepernick's agent and told him in a span of maybe four to five days max, max, he will be having a tryout in a city of their choosing on a Saturday. What do you think about this so far? Uh, first of all, Saturday seems weird. Four Why is that? Da- four days away Saturday because it's not a business day. We're talking about business here. The only... The- and we're not, we're, okay, so I think that there's probably maybe people saying, well, the games don't happen on, on a weekday. But what I'm saying, though, is we're talking about NFL corporate. We're not talking about, we're not talking about a game. We're talking about the corporate part of NFL saying, hey, we're going to do a tryout for you. Why wouldn't it be during normal business hours? That's an interesting take. I didn't think about it that way. Here's some food for thought. When are most games played in the NFL? Sunday. Right. And let's say you're not a home team. Exactly. You're traveling. And what day would you probably be traveling? Saturday. You're not going to be able to be. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's or at no, the very latest Friday. There's right? no one who, of, of any salt, is going to be able to be at that trial on a Saturday unless their game is in Atlanta. 
So that probably includes coaches, right? We can probably agree coaches are probably with the team, right? Definitely coaches definitely won't be there. Okay, so let's just go up another level. So general managers. General managers just hanging around. Probably the won't not be there. there. They're probably traveling to the game. Probably won't be there. It'll be somebody low level like a scout or something. And let's just uh, go ahead and belt and suspenders this. And so owners probably don't give a shit. They show up on game day. What do you no, think? No, they're not even going to the game sometimes. And if they, you know what I'm saying? They're, yeah. not even, they're not going to Atlanta. Atlanta is okay. not the, the headquarters of anything NFL anyway. More importantly, what side of the country is Atlanta on? Uh, East Coast. And are there no West Coast teams? There are lots of them. So maybe if you were serious about this shit, you might would put this in a state that's maybe more centrally located. That'd be a good idea. Just saying. I just think that Atlanta is not an A-market team anyway. I know Atlanta is a, an A-market place, but it's not an A-market team. Atlanta Falcons are not the New York Giants. They're not, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're not one of those teams. They're not Dallas Cowboys. They're well, not the team. Well, let's not get ahead of us. And we're not, we're okay. not, I'm not quibbling with okay. Atlanta's own football pro, pro, uh, product on the field. I'm quibbling with you're giving this man one last shot and an opportunity with allegedly either the whole or many NFL teams, all 32, I believe. And you've given him a very tight window when to do this. And you have not even made the location anywhere remotely central to the teams. But that's just me. Um, so the agent calls a cap back and says, no, they said Saturday. That's it. Right. So Kaepernick, you know, you know how long Cap's been out of football? Got to be three years now, right? Yeah, three years. And so Cap says, you know what? Okay, I'll do it. And he releases a statement that he says, quote, I look forward to seeing all 32 coaches and GMs at Saturday's tryout. Proud monkey. Right. I don't think they like that. So let's full stop here. What has happened in the last three years that would, that would have the NFL, its teams, its GMs, its owners say, hey, what about Kaepernick? Um, in other words, what, what, does, this, does this seem, does this make sense so far? Do you, do you smell anything funny? Well, I, I just think that there was so much hubbub about, you know, his disdain for the, the, the league and its owners and their social responsibility to now let's jump in and expect everyone to be there for him, for his day. Is that where you're going? Yeah, or something but, else? No, what I'm going is um, Colin's been the same Colin Kaepernick he was in year one when he didn't play, in year two when he didn't play, and now in year three when he's not playing. So why all of a, all of a sudden, out of the blue... The NFL has decided to have a tryout on a day giving the shortest of notice. Right. Shit, even Adam Schefter didn't know about this. And if Adam Schefter doesn't know about it, then it's not, you know, this guy's super top secret. Out of the blue, you got a four or five days max, be there or be square. Right. Doesn't smell fun. It doesn't smell right, be honest. Right. It's, it's so, a, it sounds like an a, a exercise in futility for a cat, I mean. It seems like some... Again, I don't know anything about what's going on. I'm just using, you know, my opinion and trying right. to suss this thing out. It would seem to me, a skeptic, not quite as skeptical as you, but a skeptic, that this is some kind of a, the best word I have for it is a stunt. Sham. I was going to say sham. 
Or a sham, but to what end? I don't even know. So they can say, oh, well, you know, we gave we gave him a chance. You know, we settled with him, and then we gave him a chance, and yeah. people showed up, and, you know, nobody really, you know, no, nobody was really impressed. Well, so, is, is but Steve, hey, he is got it Stephen that a, shot. Stephen A is saying that, though. He's like, yo, you don't really want to play football. You don't show up to your own thing. So Stephen A is giving well, the NFL exactly what they pump need. Our, let's pump our brakes. Let's okay. not get there first. Okay, okay. So so back before Saturday, was, which is when this happened, we recorded Black and Both Sides on Sunday. You know, you could kind of get to that idea early that what's going on here? Is this a sham? Is this a stunt? This is very odd. Cap's been nowhere. They, Cap ain't been hard to find. What is this about? More importantly, why a Saturday? I presume that, say, you know, you had a trial for somebody off the street. Um, you would want to do it on a... Uh, Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest. That's because the NFL teams normally have their full game plans in by Wednesday. Now, presumably if someone got, like a skilled player got hurt, like say a kicker, if you lost your kicker, then maybe you could do that on a Thursday or a Friday because quite frankly, what? Kickers just do one thing. No one gives a shit. Kick the ball through the uprights. Go sit back down. I'll say you have to do it Tuesday or Wednesday. One, Monday night means you're going to miss two, at least two teams. Thursday night, you're going to miss at least two teams. It has to be Tuesday or Wednesday. You know the other problem with this? Trade deadline was over. What does that mean? That means that teams had already decided on their rosters and their cap room and what they were and whether or not they were going to be set going forward. Right. The business side of it. Where are we on the cap? Where are we financially? Where are we? The trade deadline is over. This is where we are. Right. Have there been any major quarterback injuries of late that you've noticed? No, not recently. N- no. 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 Let's go back to, you know, the draft time. They could have had this. Or the combine earlier in the year. He could have been invited. So none of this smells right. None of it. The thing that smells the worst to me is that they gave him less than a week to get ready and would not be willing to move at all. Right. That's the strangest part to me. Agreed. So, Cap shows up. They ask him to sign a waiver, purportedly the the waiver that you ask anyone who's going to compete in the combine to sign combine. The combine, for those who don't know, is the NFL tryouts before the draft where they have invited several players, mostly from colleges, uh, to come out and run, throw, punt, pass, kick, whatever they do, uh, go through, you know, be weighed, go through a battery of tests to show you know their raw you know physical abilities called combine happens every year and so there's a waiver obviously you'd have someone sign because if you're doing something you break something then you no longer can earn a living so there are basic uh, waivers for that sort of thing and so allegedly someone tried to present him with a basic waiver well Colin didn't like that because I presume, because Collins already sued the NFL, so he would need something specially crafted. I presume. I don't know. The other thing is that allegedly the NFL wanted this to be at the Atlanta Falcons facility behind closed doors, no media. Weird. So no media. So that means if Colin came in, showed up, and showed completely the fuck out, we wouldn't know. It would just be his word versus their word. There being the NFL 
scouts that were there in attendance. You would never know. Yeah. Asterisk. So if no one signed him and they could just say, well, he didn't really perform poorly. And clearly the years off have taken a toll and no one really wanted to take a shot because he just didn't have it anymore. So I get that part. I get that part. So what does Kaepernick do? He's an outside the box thinker. He says, you know what, guys? I don't like the way this sounds. Let's go, you know, a few miles away to high school. That way everybody can see what I got. He did that. And no, wait, wait, there was one people- more step. There was one more step. He brought in his own recording team that he said he wouldn't release, and they said no. The NFL denied it. So not only well, could the media not be there, he couldn't bring his own personal people in. Well, I think that that's a little bit murky because you don't know if it was in addition to or 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 only. Okay. And I think that you alluded to Stephen A. Smith later, and the way Stephen A. Smith is saying this is as if it's an only. I don't think that's fair to say at this point. Okay. Meaning you have to use the film I take. I take of myself to take go back to your teams and evaluate me. That's not, I don't think he did that, but I'm not in a position to speculate. I don't have unnamed. I don't have unnamed store sources like a Stephen A. Smith. I don't have that. Right. I don't have the unnamed sources. But in any event, long story short, so that was one thing that's of debate is that he wanted his own camera crew. Um, but more importantly, he wanted people to see what he looked like. Right. Going through a battery of drills, and more importantly, throwing that thing. So he took it to a, a nearby Atlanta high school. There were some people in attendance. And apparently six NFL scouts went there. And then from that, he starts fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when he starts talking? No. B, do you know what he was wearing during that, during that workout? Nike? Nah. What was he wearing? Well, yeah, he was, but he was wearing a shirt on top of that. Oh, no. What is he saying? Well, personally, for me, I actually like it, but for what he's trying to do, it was probably not the best move. He's wearing a shirt that says Kunta Kente. What? <laughs> Why? What does that have to do with Kunta anything? Kunta Kente of the Roots fame. Remember the slave that was pulled from Africa and sent here to the United States and he used to run away all the time until they cut off his leg. Oh, also, no, the namesake yeah. of no. yours truly, the namesake of one of my favorite, favorite of all time, Kendrick Lamar songs, King Kunta. Yeah, that that Kunta Kente. Wow. I don't so basically, he's like, he's, he's like saying, fuck you, white people everywhere. <laughs> right. Fuck you, NFL white people. Fuck you all. All of you. Even you, Shad Khan, whoever the guy is that owns the Jaguars. Fuck you too, buddy. Why do you have to wear that shirt? I posted. You didn't it. know that part. You wanted to talk. You wanted to jump ahead to what he said after. You didn't know he had that, that Kunta Kente <laughs> shirt on. I didn't know he wore that shirt. Shit in block block letters. Kunta Kente. He is I, and I am him. And see, the the funny thing is that now people are going to use that as the catalyst for why he was denied. Like, so a black man can't wear a Kunta Kente shirt? And no, sometimes you got to just bypass the other stuff just for a second to let's focus on what we're here for, which is football. If that's what we're here to focus on, if we're here to focus on football, my dude, bring your football game, not your social game, not today. (sighs) And so as you alluded to, after his, 
after his uh, going through a series of drills, and I, like, I said, like I said, six other scouts did actually leave the Atlanta Falcons facility to go watch this. Um, because truth of the matter is, there are like 32 teams in the NFL. Each team carries at least two quarterbacks at 64 jobs. Beyond a shadow of a goddamn doubt, Colin Kaepernick is one of the top 64 quarterbacks on planet Earth. I would agree. It's not, it's not, it's not for debate. And, you know, he was only, what, two years removed from as a second-year player taking a team to the Super Bowl right. and being one power outage away. Absolutely. And a whole lot of Ray Lewis uh, steroids from winning the whole thing. Absolutely. So, so that being said, he's... So we're not surprised what we saw. He's, he's maintained a training regiment. There's a little bit of footage showing him throwing the ball and rolling. And I think just a, a long throw, very long throw. You know, that's not really surprising because he's still relatively in his prime. I think he's, what, 32 maybe? No, he's still act. He's still, he still could be more than serviceable. Oh, no, no, he's not serviceable. He would be a damn good backup. He, right. For, you know, for listeners that watch NFL, I mean, he, you know, he could be Teddy Bridgewater good depending on your system. Right. Imagine if he was the backup to like, you know, Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Or even Deshaun Watson. Or if you're in Chicago, you, you need a, a quarterback. You know, let, you know, Colin do it. Right. Um, or Carolina, you know, what, what better fill-in for Cam Newton than, than uh, Colin Kaepernick? Right. Do a lot of the same things. Or Tennessee Titans. Okay, shit, well, he's, Colin Kaepernick is, is you know, four or five times better than Mariota, who they, you know, had for all these years until he got benched this season. Right. So long story short, they're, they're, if we were all on the up and up, Kaepernick would have never have lost at least a clipboard. At least. Right, I agree. A clipboard, a visor, and some Gatorade. Fully agree. Okay, so after the uh, after his walkthrough and his in his drills, he then, you know, I'm going to paraphrase and please fill in if I leave anything out. He basically says he brought it to the people so the people could see, and that you know the NFL and Roger Goodell need to stop being scared. <laughs> and that he and his agent are willing to talk to anybody, anywhere, any place. Right. <laughs> and you know that he's ready, he's been ready, and he's saw, gonna be ready. I saw this clip, yes. Well, so yeah, man, he went, he went, he went, he went full Negro. It was aggressive, right? Did it feel a little aggressive? Yeah, it was it was harsh, <laughs> aggressive, <laughs> braggadocious. <laughs> <sighs> All them negative quantities that that white that the white establishment does not like to see in its Negroes at right. all, right? <laughs> and so, all of these things considered, Stephen A. Smith came out and said that Colin doesn't want a job, right? Now, when I first heard Stephen A. said that, I had not seen that last clip that uh, the, of him speaking afterwards. Here's my take: be honest, he really devoted his life to being the best football player he could be. He put his 10,000 hours, as Malcolm Gladwell would say, to be in the best quarterback and athlete he could be. He hasn't been able to do that for three years, despite the fact that there's physically nothing wrong with him. Of course, he probably still wants to play. That was his goal. That was his dream. I think he'd be a lie for us to presume that his dream changed to wanting to become 
a social martyr. Right. I think that's even too skeptical, skeptical for even me. What do you think, B? I agree. But he found himself in a situation. Now, how the hell he got there, you know, there's room for debate. Maybe he was minding his own goddamn business, just want to stand for the national anthem. Who knows? And then somebody asked him about the shit, and he made up some shit, and next thing you know, he's in the shit, and now all of a sudden he's got to figure out what to do. Now he's kneeling. I don't know. Right. I don't know how he got to where he did, but he found himself there, and he took a point of view, and that point of view is not beating a woman on videotape and receiving a six-game suspension. That is not making terroristic threats about beating a woman or and receiving a four-game suspension. You know, that's not having multiple sexual harassment cases and having nothing happen to you whatsoever, Ben Roethlisberger. That's not, you know, that's not even Anthony, uh, Antonio Brown-level shenanigans. By the way, be honest. Antonio Brown uh, on like Thursday or Friday offered to I saw it. to go and catch for uh, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. Here's the thing: <laughs> MAGA conservative white folk are big mad at Colin Kaepernick. Big mad. Get a rope. Get him. Big mad. Right. But even. Colin Kaepernick realized, <laughs> no, <Nah>, nigga, <laughs> too much seed, dog. I can't fuck <sighs> with you, man. You bad, no, sir. Right, that would have been really That's bad. That's a terrible idea. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> no, thank you. He would have blamed every miss miss catch on Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> he would have no, thank you, sir. They do not want to see your black ass. Nobody, all. no, thank you. You done for a minute. Yeah, no, you all the way in timeout. Miles Garrett almost killed a man on Monday Night Football. Right. <laughs> and he's going to be back before AB. <laughs> right. Listen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, as a football player who got in a fight with another, with a quarterback, some other people, he took the quarterback's helmet off and then hit the quarterback in the head in like a melee mace type weapon on the head. Thank God he hit him with the softer part of the helmet or the guy might be dead. Yeah, it was stupid. Yep. So even that nigga He's gonna be back, is right. fully expecting to be back on the sidelines opening day. And that's after spending some prison time probably. He's still going to be Not dead. A.B. <laughs> A.B. just sitting on the sidelines. Hey, Colin, you need some help? Yeah, you need some out with them routes? I got them no, quick feet. No, thank you, sir. They healed up nicely. Nah, nigga, I'm cool. Right on, brother. I'm cool. By the way, stop adding me. Don't hashtag me. I just, you know, we just don't. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, so, so what do you think, Ben, about Kaepernick? Does he want to play? I, I think he just wants the attention now. I don't, I don't see how, I don't see how him moving it to Drew High School, having his own film crew in there, the six people that came, and then him making it. Look at you, old Zone 6 ass nigga. I forgot the name of the high school. I knew you knew. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see this being a positive thing for the NFL. Basically, what the NFL wanted him to do was to bend over and, and, and show that he's willing to comply with the, the rules. It, it was, it was, a, it was a, a chess match. And I say chess, not chess. Chest, I say chest with a T. Like they were sticking out their chest. Colin Kaepernick did not want to bend to the will of the NFL, but you're going to have to if you want to play in the NFL. So at this point, I don't see many teams being willing to uh, use his 
Charles Drew High School performance and video footage as the the telling tale of whether or not they want him on the team. I think it's pretty much a done data for him. The King, I mean, the Kunta Kente shirt and the aggressive ass post game or post workout interview that he basically did himself. He wasn't even being interviewed. Was just icing on the cake. At that point, it was it was pretty much already over because he didn't go to their tryout or their um, combine. I don't really know what I think. I think that quarterback play in the NFL is so um, such a huge gap between those that have quarterbacks and those that don't. And these types of players that can play quarterback at that level, they're just not born every day. But look though, Kunta, is he going to win a championship? No, and that's what it comes Wait, down no, to. No, no, don't, don't, don't do that now, B. Don't do that. Because they're so. Let's if we were to take all this stuff away from him and just look at his skill set. Right. Look at Lamar Jackson. He can be very similar to Lamar Jackson. Matter of fact, he's accomplished way. Lamar Jackson has been breaking some records that Colin Kaepernick broke in the playoffs. Okay. So now let's not do that. Now he did have a couple of bad years. There's reasons, you know. The coach of the Niners got run, and they stopped tailing the offense to him. Let's. Step back from that. Well, no, King Coach, I do honestly, know that there are some teams that may legitimately have wanted to have signed him. Right. But there has been no new change in NFL ownership That's not in what the I'm last asking. three years, except for one team in Carolina. That's, That's not what I'm it. asking. That's not what I'm asking. Right now, the teams that need a quarterback, are there any teams that need a quarterback that with the application of Colin Kaepernick as their new quarterback would reach the, the late-level playoffs and potentially um, Super Bowl. I say no. I completely disagree with you, but my bigger point is the same teams needing quarterbacks are still comprised, except for one team in Carolina, of the same ownership group that for three years would not offer this man a chance. Right. So what's changed? Nothing. 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 And maybe the one team... Or two teams that say, you know, fuck, man. You know, I know we agreed to do blah, blah, blah and not let him back in. But shit, man, I got to have something for my fans. I'm going to do it. Keep Colin made that very hard for someone, a team to stand out and go against what we what it looks like we know to be happening, which is him being white balled, as Shannon Sharp would say. Right. I believe... And he just stuck to the Kunta Kente shirt. <laughs> it still could have worked out. But that, that, you know, that niggerish rant at the end of it. Yeah. I was a little surprised, to be honest with you. I thought he had evolved in his, in his speaking, at, yeah. you know, being a social justice warrior. So for the way that he said, I just don't. Yeah. Maybe he felt like he did so well. That he like got amped up, like the adrenaline was going through. I don't no, know. I think he, I think he really, I think he determined this was a ruse. Oh, and I can't say he's wrong, but you know, somebody may have been willing to take a chance. Yeah, fuck, someone still may be willing to take a chance. I mean, the Raiders owner did the shit all the time. And all the other owners be saying, "Go, go X." He says, "Fuck you, motherfuckers." I'm going Y. Right. You know, Jerry Jones did that, but Jerry Jones hates Kaepernick. Of course. Ironically, another player that was kneeling, Michael Bennett, defensive lineman, got cut by the Patriots, signed by the Cowboys. They did not sign his ass until he made it very clear. Gonna get his ass up. Massa. Yeah, exactly. I'll be right there or be square when they get the national anthem with my hand over my heart. Right. Singing along. 
Michael Bennett is a poser. Anyway, so so that was that was the social justice news, half of it anyway. The other half is Rodney Reed situation. You know who Rodney Reed is, be honest here about this stuff? No idea. Rodney Reed was a Texas inmate that was supposed to be executed. Maybe it was this week or maybe it's in a week from now. Ah, uh, yes, I heard of this. And apparently there's DNA evidence saying that he didn't do it. And more importantly, do it was the murder of a white woman mm. uh, some years back that landed him on death row. And apparently um, the woman's boyfriend at the time admitted that he did it. But that didn't change anything. So as Rodney Reed had been on death row for a few years and his time for execution had come up. And so social, social justice warriors like Sean King, I want to say Lee Emerit and others, launched this massive campaign, this grassroots campaign to get signatures and calls into Texas representatives and state and local officials officials to get the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, who is a bag of uncircumcised cocks, that's my personal opinion, to uh, stay the execution. Um, so far, they've gotten like almost, what, almost 3 million signatures. Right. They've gotten the, several DAs in Texas to call for this not to go forward. And it might, I, I, I'm not 100% sure if it's been stayed or at this point, but it may be. It's been postponed, definitely. So here's the deal. One of the things that I, that, you know, I really enjoy and appreciate and respect about my co-host is that he looks up shit. He doesn't take anyone's word for shit. He may even like the person or respect the person who's going to be telling him information, but this motherfucker, be honest, is still going to look shit up. Have you looked into this at all, be honest, about what Rodney Reed's criminal past has in it? Nope, I haven't looked into any of that yet, because this really just hit my radar today. He's been doing a lot of R. Kelly shit. Oh, wow. So this dude is a scumbag, but he just happened to not be the person He may have raped... Well, he raped a 12-year-old because they pulled the DNA, his semen, out of her. A 12-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so Sean King knows this too? I don't know. All I know is that they were making it seem as if this is an innocent, blameless man. Right. When maybe the argument should have been, we don't agree with the death penalty as a whole. There you go. And in this specific instance, the crime charged is not even, you know, the crime that was committed. But they've, based on what I saw, made it seem as if this is just a flat out innocent man, as 45 would say, an angel. <laughs> but you know what, B? My Kunta sense was telling me something was wrong. I didn't like nor repost anything. Something didn't seem right. This is right. just like that uh, Jesse, Jesse Smollett shit. Something just didn't smell right. Maybe part of it was that I'm, you know, King Kunta is from Texas and King Kunta knows who Greg Abbott is, who is a bag of uncircumcised, diseased cocks. Right. And he's probably wasn't going to stay it anyway. But I don't know. I, I guess the takeaway from what I'm saying is be more like, be honest. When someone tells you shit, even if it's one of your faves, do actually do your own actual research to make sure they're telling you everything that's that can be found out there. Now, I'm not saying Sean King hid this shit. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, you can't just take you know people 
word as gospel. You have to, you know, if there are facts out there, look, look, look for them yourself. So I don't, I don't know if Sean King knew. Given who Sean King is, I have a hard time fucking believing he didn't look into this shit. So then, so Kuhn, to my question to you then, and this is perfect for black on both sides, this goes into that rooting for everybody black thing, right? So are you, do you feel like it's necessary to protect this guy based off of the fact that this particular case is wrong? Well, does that make sense? Did I ask that clearly? Yes. And the answer is yes, this execution should be stayed for this crime. Because this crime looks like he didn't commit. Right. There apparently are multiple others that he did. Yeah. So if he, if there were new charges for those crimes, that's a different conversation. Right. And okay. just full disclosure, I'm generally anti-death penalty. I figured Why? You because most of the time, people who are not fucking dirtbags, who are not fucking possibly the worst level of scum, find themselves in this situation. Right. More times than they should. And unfortunately for people of color often, uh, if you just look at the numbers of who's on death row, if you really dug into it, you're probably going to find quite a few where the evidence is sketchy. Right, okay. But that was not the narrative that was put out by these social justice woke warriors at all. Right, got you. That makes sense. W- wasn't. Innocent man, innocent man. Innocent man. Racism. Systemic injustice. I just think that the Sean Kings of the world, you know, play this and trade in this sort of, of, of you know, inflammatory talk that, you know, they, they you know, it, it, this is, these are not small words that we're using. These are not, you know, these have, you know, what I like to call big consequences. Right. The things that really matter. And, um, I just feel that, you know, I I have a hard time believing Sean King didn't know that this is not just a fully innocent man. Right. And I have a hard time believing that the three million of people who who participate in this groundswell of trying to get this uh, execution stayed would have done that had they known, had they taken the time to actually try to figure out what was going on. Oh, totally agree. I think that, that yeah. they were, they expected Sean King to have done that for them. Yeah, and and the truth of the matter is, is you know, just as myself personally, oh yeah, Lee Emmert was part of this too. I'm surprised Lee Emmert was was part of this. Lee Emmert is like the new, and I don't mean this lightly. I think he's the the a young Johnny Cochran. When shit goes down, it smells funny. Lee Emmert's going to be there. And he's going to be working. He's not just going to be there showing up. He's going to be actually working. Unlike, say, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, he's going to be working. So I hope that he continues that path he's on. I've, you know, I think he's done a lot of good so far. But I'm surprised he didn't figure this out. Because the first thing you do when you are, when someone has a criminal case, you can pull the record. Right. This isn't, this isn't rocket science. You can pull the record. So, you know, I just... It goes to show you, you have to do your own research. Even if someone is your favorite, someone does a lot of good. If someone nine times out of 10 is right, it, what, is it, what does it hurt to, to go an extra step and make sure 
that shit is exactly how the shit appears to be being spoon fed to you. Right. So Rodney Reed might get it might get off of a death row, but apparently a horrible human being. Not so, for this case, for other stuff. So karma and whatnot. It's fully possible. Right, it's fully possible though that he's still gonna be in jail for some of the other crimes and just not on death row though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure, I guess, but I, I don't like when people sell me a bag of goods. Don't omit shit. Don't right. give me half truths. Right. But give me the full picture and let me decide what I sh- if I want to agree or disagree. Speaking of which, let's uh, let's try to tra- uh, transition here to politics. So, B, I don't know if you know this, but not one, but two new individuals want to join the Democratic primary. Did you did you hear about this at all? <laughs> I didn't hear about this. Oh no. I don't forget how many they are. Is it Bloomberg? Is that one of them? Yeah, one is Michael Bloomberg. Right, I heard about that. The other is this uh, is is uh, Deval Patrick. He's he's known as being the former mayor, sorry, former governor of Massachusetts. Okay. And the way that he ran his campaign provided the blueprint for a young Barack H. Obama, who oftentimes cited how Deval Patrick ran his campaign as to what he tried to do to be a senator, and ultimately to run for president. Okay. So much so that he and Duvall are actually really, 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 really close. I'm sure when they see each other, they dap each other up. You hear YG in the back saying, my motherfucking nigga, my nigga, my nigga. You don't know what I'm talking about. That's that West Coast shit. Duvall right? is black or white? He's black. Okay. Come on, man. His name is Duvall. Be- Patrick. Oh, his first name is Duvall. Duvall, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Call Lil Duvall. Lil Duvall. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! This is bad. Little D, what's up, Little D? What's up with that? What you with you, boy? <laughs> nah, but so he and Obama they vacation together. There's all this other shit. Not the point. The point is he's getting it too. Um, this is a fucking mess. Be honest. Everybody can't be president. Right. True. I agree. Definitely. <laughs> Just because you got some good ideas and got a little piece of change doesn't mean you get to be president. So I, I just, you know, there has been some polls out. Uh, CNN had a poll that that most Americans who would vote, uh, who are, are Democratic-leaning, are satisfied with the current massive pool of candidates they have. Right. The current frontrunners now are apparently, as of today, in Iowa, known for its diversity. Shout out to a friend of the show, Britt Renee. Um, Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete. You familiar with Pete Buttigieg? Yep, he's not going to win though, but yeah. Yeah, because he's gay. Yeah. He's gay and black people hate him. Right. Because he doesn't try. Oh, and he's gay. Openly gay. Um, What do I mean by that? I mean that I don't believe the country, particularly those red states in the middle, are ready to elect the who would be the first openly gay president. I don't think we've reached a stage or a progressive enough stage in our country to where that's actually even feasible. Oh, what, what Shout I thought out you, to Cory Booker. What I thought you meant was he sucks dick. <laughs> that's what I thought you meant by gay. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if he's top or bottom. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I think at um, some point a dick ends up in his mouth, whether he's top or bottom. I, mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, some, you know, top or bottom. Who knows? Uh, but he's the front runner right now in Iowa. Following behind him uh, is uh, Elizabeth Warren. Can't uh, win. Who, Can't win. Unelectable. She's unelectable because she's like way 
left. It's like Liz. In a perfect world, this all sounds great. Right. <laughs> but who's paying for this shit? <laughs> Nobody. So you you got- can't run on a platform that you're just going to say fuck you to every Republican you see. So we got to be able to get anything done. So we got the gay dude. We got the chick who faked being Native American, who's too far left. That's one and two. Keep going. Not too far left. She's. She. I can't see her. B. I'm more left than you, and I can't even see her. <laughs> I don't know where she at. <laughs> and she got up and said, "I have a plan for everything." And for a while, she did. He said, well, "What about your health care plan?" She's like, oh, "Wait a minute. Oop. I'll get back to you. <laughs> Oop." I- how much is it going to cost? Mm, uh, mm. Next question. <laughs> right. Then you got Bernie, San- Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Bernard. He had a heart attack. Won't comb his hair. <laughs> and Warren does everything he does better. <laughs> Warren's basically stole all of Bernie Sanders' swagger. All of it. All of it. All of it. She's an actress. And then, of course, Uncle Joe. So those are the Uncle Joe, crazy Uncle Joe, who just... Uncle Joe is like those white people that really want to help you people. <laughs> you know what you people need? <laughs> you know, I love you people. <laughs> One of my very good friends is black. You may know him. Oh, man. Number 44, President Barack Hussein Obama. He must be calling him Hussein. He does. <laughs> What's so crazy about this all is that Joe Biden is the only electable candidate on that entire side, and he can't win because of stuff like that. He, he didn't tell no, himself. No, he's, he's probably going to get it because um, Buddha judge, well, minorities hate him. <laughs> And Warren, um, well, you would think that more black people like Hillary, and you saw how that worked out. Right. Um, Sanders, nigga, just look crazy. Come on, I'm just you know, let's just yeah, be honest. He looks just, like a character from Seinfeld. He don't look. He looks. He, he looks like a character. I can't take him serious. Nobody can take Bernie seriously. It's a mess. He's like a puppet. Yeah, he is. He is. He shouts all the time. He nigga just had a heart attack. I mean, what are we doing here? He what are we like doing? A, he looks like a muppet to me. What are we doing? And uh, and and Joe. Now, what that means is that Kamala, it's not going so hot. The campaign's not going well. You want me to tell you what my biggest problem with Kamala is? I don't hear need to hear another motherfucking story about some shit her mother said. No, that's like her go-to. I just don't. I'm just. I don't need to hear any more about your mom. What you got? What you got? What you done did? Yeah, she's presenting that down home thing. That's what that is. It's not working. Is it? Every goddamn time you open your mouth? It's not working. It's just, you know, she respects her elders. She's down home. She's just like you and me. My mom always told me, you know, throw back to the old My mama, the she days. told me everything going to be all right. That's her so, Make America yeah. Great Again. Yeah, no. Um, Cory Booker. Come on, man. As as Peter Buttigieg is, you know, it's just America's yeah, not ready for a, a VP, cocksucker. Though. Which Kamala could too, if Kamala would, as they say, if Kamala would humble herself, she could be vice president. But I don't think she's willing to do that. I think she actually. Now, Cory be Booker, excellent. on the other hand, I think he'd do it. Hey, man, I think she'd be an excellent vice president. 
I don't think I don't know if I don't I just I just don't see her willing to do that. You know, some people can are meant to be very good senators. Warren, Kamala, even Sanders. Sanders has a place. He's got he Sanders agitation is to push people one way or the other. That's good to have that. You know that. You agree with that having conflict. It's good to have someone who's way on another side you've got to address. Yeah. You know, what I'm wondering is why didn't we ever just resolve all this bullshit by making the winner of the presidential election be the president and the loser be the vice president? So that means Hillary would have been Trump's vice president. Um. Because this country was built by old white men who normally settle shit with duels. <laughs> you know what a duel is? Yeah. Take three I'm steps, spin. So for those out there who doesn't know what a duel is, it's when you and another gentleman have a disagreement. And you just can't let it go. You challenge each other to a motherfucking duel. What that means is you and the gentleman who's really on your ass, on your ass and your last nerve have a set of pistols. You each choose your pistol. You go back to back and you count off, was it 15 paces or so, something like that? Right. And on the 15th pace, you turn around, you fire. And the nigga that's not dead is the winner. <laughs> so how that goes. You think I'm making this shit up? We've had presidents who've been winners of duels. Andrew Jackson, ironically, the last person, one of the, not the last, the first person that got impeached, won a duel. Right. Yeah, so so these are the type of people that built this shit. So no, that's why you're, you know, you know, things are very partisan now. As much as, you know, as we like to be, you know, victims of, you know, cap we like to be captive in the moment. Truth of the matter is, stuff's always been um partisan over throughout history in the United States. Um and for God's sakes, we had we did have a, a whole ass civil war. I mean, with as much big militia talk as we hear, if something happens to Trump, last time I checked, the United States does have a standing military. So good luck, militias. Good luck with that shit. Um, so, so I say all that to say this. So, you know, what you're proposing would be an interesting idea, but that will require a level of unity this country's never had. Speaking of which, uh, so all that being said is that so the Democratic pool has now become even more muddied. Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, former governor of New York City, has not fully decided whether or not he's getting in. For that matter, neither has Deval Patrick, but all, all signs indicate he is. And we shall see. Normally, um, you'd, you'd be in by now for the Iowa caucuses, which I believe is in the next one week or two weeks, something like that. But we'll see. Uh, at some point, the Democratic Party is going to have to have a candidate to run against Trump. And it's too soon until that's going to be, even though we all fucking know it's going to be Joe Biden. Anyway, so. <laughs> right. It has to be Joe Biden. It just, it just because reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if it's any way fucking close, well, Biden's, you know, probably built up enough gravitas with people who do things in these things to ensure that these things go in his favor. Looking at you, Hillary. Um, and with that, let's try to wrap this up real quick on the shit that really matters. Black on both sides is committed to going through this incredible time in history, which is about the impeachment. 
Um, there's been so much that's happened. Uh, you know, I apologize to the extent we can't get into, into a lot of details. So what I'm going to try to do is hit the high notes and be you interject whenever you have questions, comments, or concerns. We'll go from there. All right. So, so what? We've had one week of open hearings. Two days, uh, right? It's just been two days, though? Yeah. Two days of open hearings, additional witness testimony behind closed doors that will result in more witnesses in the open hearings to come. This week featured uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kent and Acting Ambassador to the Ukraine, Bill Taylor. Uh, both George Kent and Bill Taylor laid out uh, their perceptions of uh, hearing that State Department and United States policy toward the Ukraine, specifically providing basically unquestioned aid and support in the force in this in, as in regards to military aid and other support as the Ukraine fights a hot war against United States sworn enemy, Russia, a hot war on its own border in the Ukraine. Russian tanks are rolling. People die every week. being shot by Russian soldiers who have invaded portions of the Ukraine. Just so you know, the Ukraine is about the size of Texas, unless I'm mistaken. It's okay. a very substantial piece of land that they are fighting over on the, I believe, the eastern border. For the last, mm, is it 30 years? 30 or so years has been, I believe, a, a significant portion of time United States support for the Ukraine has been bipartisan. I mean, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republican, whether you're Independent, whether you're in the Communist Party, whatever party you're in, you, we've all agreed that we must support the Ukraine because we are doing what was done in the Cold War. We are fighting proxy wars. We're fighting a war against Russia and the Ukraine to stop Russian encroachment into Europe and therefore uh, potentially against our other European allies. This is national security. This is a war effort. Uh, if Russia is able to spread in that portion of Europe, then they can spread further out. Our allies are in danger, which means the everyday things we take for granted will be back in danger. Some of our younger listeners before 19, was it 90? 90, 90, when, when they, uh, yeah, 1990 when the Berlin Wall came down. Right. Things were pretty, were really scary on the world. You thought the Russians may push a button. You thought we might push a button. You thought the whole thing may blow the fuck up before 1990. There wasn't, even though it was a Cold War, once they had nuclear weapons in, introduced in this thing, you know, Russia versus the United States was a way of life. That's how I grew up. It's like how Beyonce grew up. That's yep. how all these old senators and congressmen grew the fuck up. It was just normal. Russia was always the enemy. It was normal. Yeah. And then 1990, Berlin Wall came down, and then... Gorbachev started hanging out with uh, Ronald Reagan, and next thing you know, they ain't the USSR anymore. They called Russia. And Boris Yeltsin came in, and they said, hey, democracy sounds like some good shit. Let's do it. And they started doing it. And then along came a motherfucker named Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Old school. Well, and he was a puppet that turned against its master. He was put in place by uh, hardliners wishing for a return to former Soviet glory. They puppeted him, puppeted him and got him to win the election. That motherfucker, when he won, decided, you know what? I am the state. Fuck everybody. I'm doing this shit. Right. He used all of his 
you know, KGB training and everything, all of the experiences, all of the networks he built, and he became a dictator. There is a Russian president. I didn't know that. Yeah. Putin picks him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that part. Right. Like, you know, just how those are like a, 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 a Iranian president. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was not the Ayatollah. Right. Yeah. You know, that motherfucker that thought it was, you know, you know, casual Friday, Banana Republic every day was not really the dude doing shit. It's the dude with the with the turbans and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Vladimir Putin has has tried to return Russia. And there's a reason. When Russia's fully embraced democracy and turned away from making war and turned away from trying to conquer its neighbors, um, they didn't know how to fully become integrated fast enough. And so they struggled. Their economy struggled. And uh, they, just, they just were not doing well from a country economy, economical standpoint. And a lot of the old Russian war machine, quite frankly, just sat and rotted. So there's, there's always a reason why these things happen. So it, it would not be uh, facetious for me to say that Vladimir Putin's maintained power on a campaign of make Russia great again. That's not hyperbole. Right. And part of Russia being great again is, 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 is reobtaining all of its lost satellite countries, one of which that's close and easy without American resistance is the Ukraine. So that's what he's been doing. So we've recognized that as national security. We have, we've done that. And as a result of recognizing national security, we've given millions, maybe even a billion, maybe more than a billion, maybe billions to the Ukraine to help them in their security effort to maintain their borders and ensure that this young democracy, which it is, is able to continue to grow because the spread of democracy across the United States traditionally has been what we've championed in the United States as, as something good for America. The more de democratic countries there are, the better things are for America. Freedom, right? Can I just say one thing? Shoot. This is an A1 setup, by the way. <laughs> this, is, this is the best setup you've ever done in history. Listeners, mark this day for the best setup King Kunta has ever done. On laying out a story. I just wanted to say that. I wanted to just give everybody perspective here. Well, I appreciate that. So our policy toward the Ukraine has not changed. It's been unchanging for what I believe is at least 20 years, maybe 30 years. It's been a very, very long time. It's just like, you know, right and wrong. It's like, is, is the sky, is the sun out or is it not? It's not debatable. So this week's testimony featured uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent. What that means, that means he's a, he's a State Department official who is, works in the Ukraine. And then acting ambassador, the current acting ambassador, Bill Taylor. Bill Taylor was appointed, well not appointed, was selected for this position by Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo was appointed by Donald Trump. So, Bill Taylor is taking over for former ambassador Yovanovitch. Bill Taylor... His testimony largely talked about what I just said about America's commitment to Ukraine and how he agreed to take the job so long as that policy did not change. Bill Taylor gave damning testimony this week 
in which he talked about conversations he had with Ambassador Sunderland. Ambassador Sunderland is appointed by Donald Trump. He's a former Portland hotel manager and a hotel owner who donated about $2 million, a million to $2 million to Donald Trump's campaign in 2016. And as a result of that, he got granted an ambassadorship. He's had no prior uh, experience as being an ambassador or anything to do with the State Department or government. He just said he just negative gave some money. I mean, I, I, there's no other way to say it. So, Bill Taylor gave testimony that Ambassador Sunderland had told him that um, Donald Trump was very concerned about investigations and that the investigations were tied to either a um, a White House meeting with the newly uh, elected Russian president. Why is that important? Because when you have a newly, I'm sorry, newly elected Ukrainian president, that's important because when you have a new president in Ukraine, they, they need the United States to continue to show, hey, we fuck with these dudes. We support these dudes. We defend these dudes. Go fuck yourself, Russia. Right. Symbolism, very important. Um, kind of like building a wall. Go ahead. Oh, and also kind of like telling, uh, you know, at, uh, the the, tur- uh, the 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 turkey that hey, you know, do what you want to do. We don't give a shit. Right. Signals when you signal that you're not going to do something. See, politics at a at a at a foreign level is really a lot about communications and signals. It's not something that can be done bluntly with a hammer. It's not something you can fumble your way around. So when you fumble your way around, people die quickly. So it'd be a great symbol of having the newly elected Ukrainian president who ran on a non-corruption, anti-corruption platform to have the sitting United States president shake his hand, invite him down so that everyone knows, uh, Vladimir Putin knows, hey, America still got their back. We have to be very careful in what we're doing. Otherwise, it's hot work to get hotter. So Bill Taylor gave his testimony that based on conversations with, with Sunderland, that Donald Trump was conditioning at first a White House meeting on the Ukrainians and the Ukrainian president specifically making a public announcement that he was going to investigate Burisma, the Bidens, and the 2016 election interference by Ukraine. All, well, the first two of those things Burisma, um, well, no, all three of those things have been debunked. Burisma was started by a very corrupt person. That person is no longer running Burisma. Uh, after that person was moved, the company that remained Burisma offered a job to Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, which he took. Horrible optics, stupid. But he took it and hasn't been accused of any wrongdoing until Giuliani and Trump have created this in or about 2017. Right. Um, the 2016 election interference by the Ukraine, that's completely made up. The only two people, no, there are three people on planet Earth who say that the Ukrainians interfered in the 2016 United States election. B, you know who those are? Donald Trump, Giuliani, and who else? Vladimir. Okay, <laughs> obviously. Notice I didn't say believes in, I said say, says there was. Right. I did what? No, nah, man, I didn't do that. You know who probably did it was Ukrainians. They probably did it. I seen that nigga come out the back, go out the back door. 
Trumpy, I wouldn't lie to you. By the way, niggas still got them tapes. <laughs> yeah, get your pissy breath out of my face, Trump. Anyway, long story short, so uh, this is not a real thing about the Ukrainians hacking into the 2016 United States elections. No one in the United States State Department, no one in the intelligence uh, community, no one in the FBI, no one in the CIA, no one in the NSA, no one in England, no one in Britain, no one in Germany, not a single one of our allies, no one in Iran, no one in Israel, no one in Saudi Arabia. Think or state or agree that the Ukrainians did shit to our elections. No one, no one willing to come forward. Instead, everyone says, and that everyone is our allies, our foreign intelligence, it was clearly the Russians. It's like not up for debate. But Trump says no. And Giuliani says no. Nah. So Secretary George Kent said pretty clearly that this is not up for debate. This was a crazy theory. And that these investigations that were sought by Donald Trump is just, you know, they were, they didn't make any sense. And it became very clear that the investigations into alleged corruption were going to be tied to not only uh, a visit by the newly elected Ukrainian president, to the White House, but as they would later learn, also the military aid, 400 million plus, was withheld. Uh, and so Ambassador Taylor uh, gave testimony that, that Ambassador Sunderland said, quote, that Donald Trump, uh, President Trump wanted the uh, Ukrainian president to do this himself, make the announcement about investigating the Bidens and Burisma himself so that he would be, quote unquote, put in a box. Uh, Taylor testified that he told him this was crazy multiple occasions and uh, and essentially uh, that you know this was wrong this is not why he took the job this was a dramatic and market change in United States policy uh, Ambassador Taylor also testified that there were two different uh, channels of foreign policy going on this time the regular established channel and then the dark channel run by uh, Rudolph Giuliani so essentially, Rudolph Giuliani was conducting his own foreign policy, allegedly on behalf of the president, to get up dirt on the Bidens, Burisma, and this uh, insane theory that the Ukrainians interfered in 2016 elections. So is this considered on the record official, or is this speculation as far as the dark channel? This is, this is deposition testimony behind closed doors, and this was his testimony in open, in open Congress on... Wednesday. So this could still just be spe- he, he was speculating that that's what was going on about the dark channel, yes, or he has is willing to provide proof of that? Well, he has his text messages and the text messages have already been disclosed where he's saying on his side what he's saying and this is the text message exchange where the uh, Bill Sutton says give me a call. Okay, yeah I remember that. And this is the other text message where he, where he gets a text saying this isn't crazy, are we still ruling? are we really saying we're going to withhold aid for political purposes and he doesn't get an answer for four hours later in which case Sunderland says there is absolutely no quid pro quo here as the president has said multiple times, that would be illegal. In other words, a lawyered up response right. after he talked to Trump about it. Uh, 
Okay. So the Republicans acted entire whole asses during this thing, not really questioning Taylor or Kent on any of the factual allegations, but instead talking about, you know, their political, possible political motivations. Some of them were asked, they were quote unquote, never Trumpers, which is a phrase president used for anyone who doesn't like, for anyone who doesn't like him, who's part of the GOP, he calls them a never Trumper. That's you. But I'm not part of the GOP. Mine is a GOP part. You're a never Trumper. No, no. Never Trumpers have to be uh, people who are either Republicans or work closely with Republicans. That's, he calls them never Trumpers. He, he considers them the fringe of his party. Okay. Now, the issue here is that George Kent and Bill Taylor are, are lifetime career. Uh, case of Bill Taylor, he's a West Point guy, saw action in Vietnam, was like an infantry commander. He's been in, in he's worked under I think, four presidents. Um, bipartisan, 30 plus years, uh, George Kent. Uh, he said that a George Kent has has served this country for the last 67 years, 27 on his end. So these are not partisan people. Right. If they were partisan people, they couldn't do their jobs under multiple administrations. They'd be found out. Right. They just do the work. They just do their work. No one knows what they do in the ballot box. So the Republican attack on this is, oh, this is not direct knowledge. This is hearsay. By the way, that's a dumb argument because we're not in a court of law, one. And two, even if we are, we were in a court of law. Hearsay has many, 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 many exceptions. Many. The fact that you don't hear something directly from a person's mouth does not mean that someone acting on their behalf cannot make, quote unquote, an admission against self-interest. That's a hearsay exception. But, you know, there are not any federal rules of evidence being applied to these open hearings. That's just a nothing burger. That's a red herring. Now, what's interesting about Bill Taylor is that, you know, the Republicans keep saying, well, he doesn't have a direct knowledge. He doesn't know. This is what someone told him. Matter of fact, one awful human being, Jim Jordan, Congressman Ohio, is like, this is he said, she said, told me this about that. that somebody said this the other day. You you don't know any of this. You could be wrong. You could be wrong. Bombshell. Bill Taylor says, I'd like to report, uh, I made this, I, I report this last week to both uh, the, the, the Democrats and Republicans, meaning the, the head and the, uh, my, the minority head, that one of my staffers came up to me and told me that he, he personally overheard a phone call between Ambassador Bill Sunderland and the president, in which the president called immediately after July 25th phone call to follow up on how the investigations were going by Ukraine. Uh, after the phone call, my staff informed me that he talked to uh, Bill Sunderland and asked him what the president thought about the Ukraine, to which Bill Sunderland told him um, the president cares more about the investigation than the Ukraine. Yeah. Seems like it. So that's somebody that overheard. That somebody is uh, David Holmes. David Holmes was deposed two days ago, and he will be testifying this week. Uh, what we've got from David Holmes' uh, deposition is that apparently Ambassador Bill Sunderland took a phone call from Donald Trump in a restaurant in the Ukraine. Be honest, you're a former military guy. Do you see any, any possible security problem with that? Uh, well, a cell phone, it had to be a secure line most of the time when you're speaking to the president overseas. Um, so depending on what, what kind of cell phone this was, 
that I imagine now, he B, wouldn't I have. I told you there's a hot war going on in Ukraine. He wouldn't have a. I'm, I'm assuming that sitting in a restaurant, he wouldn't have a a secure line to talk on. That would that could be it could pose a problem. Now, be honest. Uh, the other thing we have is that apparently it was so loud that uh, Ambassador Sunderland had to hold the phone away from his ear. Why does that matter? Because uh, they're in a, a restaurant and there are at least two other staffers that overheard the same call in which Donald Trump is asking, how is, are the investigations going? Bill Sunderland apparently said it's ready. Uh, they're ready to do whatever you want them to. And how did they hear that there was a loud, was he on speakerphone? It, apparently it was so loud, it, was, it might as well have been on speakerphone because Ambassador Sunderland had to hold the phone off of his ear because it was too damn loud. I'm not buying that. That's, that's extra. This is testimony given under penalty of perjury. I and this gentleman will be coming to testify next week. That don't feel right. Though. And I'm sure the other two staffers that were there will be called to be deposed as well. Still doesn't so, feel right. So being... What you're saying and not wanting to us understand, it might have been speakerphone, B. Well, that's retarded. And I hate to use that word, but that's just fucking retarded. B, but it may have been speakerphone, B. <laughs> okay. So there are huge security concerns, B, because we don't think it was actually a secured cell phone. Right. 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 Remember? Right. This is the same party that brought cell phones into the skiff. <laughs> Why I've tweeted it. Yeah. These are the same types of people who had no prior experience that are now in these jobs in, in intelligence who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, there's some idiotic things going on. Definitely. If that was speakerphone too, that's just, come on. What, what's, what are we doing? I, I don't know if it was, but I'm saying you can't rule it out. Can't just say I'm not buying it. We don't know exactly how it was so loud. So I have to be pretty fucking loud for me to hear what you're saying on a cell phone. Right. More importantly, it's got to be pretty freaking loud for you to pull it from your ear so I can hear what you're saying. And then afterwards, I ask you a question about it, and you say, and you say yeah, he doesn't give a shit about, about the Ukraine. He doesn't, he doesn't care about the Ukraine. That's stupid. He, ca he cares about the investigation. He doesn't, he, who cares? Is that shocking? No. In the context of what we're looking for here, which is using Ukraine as a pawn, Despite 30 years of established bipartisan, uh, you know, solid commitment to them and defending them against being re-annexed by Russia. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Why? Because it's a national security issue. Ukraine falls. Our allies are in trouble. Our allies are in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. That's your way of life. It's in trouble. Very next day, Ambassador Yovanovitch testified. Here's Ambassador Yovanovitch was the woman who was replaced by Bill Taylor. I know she's thinking, B, what the fuck does she know about shit? She's already gone before Bill Taylor got there. She testified to a, a smear campaign that was run against her by Rudolph Giuliani and how Secretary of State Mike Pompeo did not protect her. And I was her understanding that smear campaign was being done by Donald Trump and that she had a, you know, 30, also a very long career, maybe 30 years of being an ambassador in multiple places under multiple presidents. And that she had been, you know, known for being anti-corruption. She gave testimony to the, to the fact that, you know, this noise that Joe Biden made a comment that the former prosecutor in Ukraine was going to be removed was in actuality the official policy of the United States of America at the time. And also the official policy of each and every one of our allies, because that prosecutor was someone who 
would not prosecute corruption because he was in fact corrupt. So while she's giving her testimony about feeling intimidated and threatened, she also testified that at some point her supervisor told her she was in danger and that she needed to leave immediately. What does your president do while this is going on? You want me to answer that? I can answer that, but I think it's stupid. Twitter fingers. What come did you on. have? Come on, that's it? Come on, but come on, man. Like, you want me to take you seriously, Ivanovich, and and staff. You want me to take you serious, but then you... you how the fuck, if you're testifying, do you know somebody's tweeting about you? That's silly. Stop, stop no, reading no, no, Twitter. No, 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 Testify. No, 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 dude. No, wait, wait, wait. You, you missed this? No, somebody handed Adam Schiff a note. I understand. You're testifying. Testify. What are you worried about what's going on live? And then, wait, 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 and then to wait, spin wait, wait. that. So, okay, so here's, here's what you're missing. It's not that she's being intimidated. She wasn't being intimidated. Go ahead. That's what I'm saying. It's that that tweet was really... For all the other motherfuckers that are that have information, it wasn't that's the a witness threat. intimidation portion of it. It wasn't because a threat. Every though. person that's been deposed since, including the guy I told you overheard the phone, Trump's making comments. There's another staffer that's, that was deposed Saturday, yesterday. Her name is Jennifer Williams. Trump's been tweeted about her. I don't even know who these people are. Never Trumpers. These are nonpartisan staff members. Most of them, with the exception of Ivanovich, were appointed by Donald Trump and or Donald Trump's immediate, um, his, his immediate uh, staff members. Let me, I'm trying to explain to you where you lose the common person, the lay person, right? So everybody's not as intelligent as you think they are as far as following along with this stuff. What the lay person sees is somebody's on there testifying about um, being intimidated or threatened or whatever, and then a tweet comes across, and now the 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 lay people get to actually see what this tweet says because the rest of this stuff is just speculative. We don't know what really happened. This is what you're saying. Your testimony is, but we see a tweet come across that is very vanilla. I mean, if that's a threat, then you a pussy ass nigga. So and they, hold on, that because what you're saying is right. This week that's happened. If you were anti impeachment, guess what? He's still fucking anti-impeachment. Yeah. If you want to impeach the motherfucker, guess what? You still want to impeach the motherfucker. Right. That's why next week is very important, B. Next week, you're going to get Colonel Vinman. We need him. Colonel Vinman was on the fucking call. Colonel Vinman is the highest, I guess you would call him, military officer who interacts on the daily with the Ukraine. Colonel Vindman, as soon as he heard the call, said, oh, no, this shit's fucked up, and not walked, ran to his supervisors, ran to White House counsel. He was the motherfucker that was told, hey, don't talk about this with anybody else. He also said, hey, that transcript, that, that, those notes of the transcript Trump released on July 25th, it's wrong. My notes have the, well, the ellipses are, I have this filled in. He said Biden a lot more times. So he's coming next week. He's a decorated military officer. He's a colonel. He has a purple heart. He's fought in Iraq. He's an American dream. He came over when he, oh, I think he was about five or, or eight or so. He understood 
he speaks Ukraine. So he understood, as always understood the Ukrainians say, he doesn't need it translated to him. He's coming to make this story accessible by the average Joe. He's going to tell you next week why this was way fucked up, way wrong. He's going to, he is the star witness. You know, Jim Jordan said that Bill Taylor was a star witness. He wasn't. Right. It's going to be Venom. It's going to be well, Colonel Venom. He better come for Colonel, real. because Colonel Venom is going to burn this shit down. Because the better. new Republicans are going to be faced with this. He better. Either we deal with the facts we can't defend, or we try to take down a decorated military officer in front of the public. He better bring that it. Puts them, that, the, the Republicans have, for the, as long as I can remember, Republicans have differentiated themselves from Democrats in just a, a few ways. One, low taxes. Two, leave business alone. Three, we fucking love the troops and defense. There used to be a saying the Republicans had that if you wanted to be safe, you'd vote Republican, not Democrat. So if they try to destroy Colonel Vindman, they basically are going to torch their party. Can't, can't come back from that. Their base is, are oftentimes military first responders. So next week's going to be crazy, man. I, can't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. I don't know. He's going to have to make it shit about nobody heard. It's hearsay. No one talked to the president. Vinman's on the fucking call. Vinman works in the White House. He's going to really have to make it make sense, Kunta, because what I'm trying to explain to you is that the um, the type of the type of person that's that's totally appalled and offended by the the quote unquote threat threatening manner of tweets. The Trump's tweet the other day, that's bullshit. That was whack. Good. No, no, man. We ain't going to be talking about that at no, all. No, but I'm saying. We're going to be talking about national that's what we, we better get to it because if, we, if we're looking at face value of what that transcript said, that's loose too. That's loose. Come on. That's, that's the same. That's well, the same. Trump says read the transcript and it indicates, but you're 100% right. It's not the transcript. So the Democrats are building it this way. Uh, Taylor and the other uh, State Department official, they're laying the groundwork of what the policy is supposed to be. Right. Of Yovanovitch's point was this is the policy that I was carrying out to the best of my abilities. And then all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to carry it out anymore. And I don't know why. And even though the president can recall me whenever the hell he wants, cause he's the president, he could have just checked the box and I'd have to come home. He didn't have to have Giuliani go on this months long rant of destroying my reputation. Right. He could have just said, come home and it'd been done. But he didn't do that. I don't know why. That's the base. Vinman next week is going to say this shit is crazy. You can't do this shit. This is this is national security. The Ukrainians have to have this. I couldn't believe what he's saying. I reported up and out, and someone told me not to share with anybody. That's and this is not the America I serve. There we go. He's going to bring it home next week, and if he doesn't, then we're going to have a Clinton impeachment. It's really that simple. Yeah. And I, I personally. I think enough has been done that Trump can't win re-election because he will not get the moderates and independents to vote for him because, you know, even if you are doing well in, with... So I listened to the No Nonsense show uh, last week and you have figured out, B, that we're due for a recession, have you not? It's getting that way, Yes. Now, obviously, I've given you your kudos on being a very intelligent person, doing your research. 
a lot of moderates and independents are just like you. So one of your co-hosts said, well, you know, uh, if my taxes stay the same, I might have to vote for Trump. <laughs> I believe that most of the moderates and independents are more like you, and they can see that it's not, uh, uh, there's a bust period coming. Right. So, so the way the economy is now is not the factor in. The factor, so I believe they're going to be more appalled with the direction of foreign policy and domestic policy, and they're going to want to vote for someone, quite frankly, who has not been impeached. And who knows what the fuck they're doing? It's time to get an expert. Yeah, we we took a chance. Unfortunately, it's too late. I read something that I read something on Facebook that I want to give too much credence to, but it sounds plausible. So take this with a grain of salt. But apparently, they've started uh, they've started bombing again in Syria. The Tur- Turkey has started again. Uh, Turkish president was just here last week, but they've started again. Hmm. So you know. I haven't checked it. You know, people out there, go ahead and check it out. It's all on Facebook. As we all know, Facebook is compromised with regard to political speech. Right. And they're not going to do shit about it. Why? Likes and clicks generate advertising revenue. Yeah, makes sense. It's their business model. Yep. But you got anything else you want to add? That's it, man. That was well, full. You know, that was full. Sorry, we ran a, bit, a little bit long. A lot happened. Um... Gonna give you a heads up. We're gonna try to make this happen next week. Your boy Kunta will be in Ohio, so I might be recording this from an, an airport or something. But next week's a big fucking week. Spell Vinman. My damn crook. I'm gonna come back to you, and we're gonna break down what Vinman says next week. Spell Vinman, Vinman for the people out there. Hmm. Spell Vinman so they know what to look for. Oh man, it's V I N. I think there's a D. Hold on a second. I think because I think most people are, but most people are not gonna they're not gonna be able to there's so much I mean because like last week there was a lot going on to key in I think they need the spelling of the name so they can actually look Vinman, it up Vinman V I N D as in Daniel Man Vinman Alexander Vinman okay look him up read his story he is an American dream story so when he tells you how shit's fucked up you should probably believe him unless he's and the been, motherfucker was on the call unless he's been compromised and then dun dun dun. Well, you know, if he's compromised, then everybody is compromisable. But everybody kind of is. All of a price. <laughs> it is what it is, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry for the break. We're going to do our best. This shit's heating up with, you know, lightning speed. We're here. I think Bionis and I have both reached a similar point that, you know, we've, the Trump thing is no longer okay on a variety of levels. But, I'm not going to speak for B on this. I don't know how this is going to shake out. I don't believe he's going to be reelected, but and I'm I happen not a prognosticator. I, I happen to, to not see anyone electable on the other side, so there's a good chance that he might slip back in there. Especially like my co-host on the the No Nonsense Show said, he's going to vote for him again if his taxes look right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that the Democrats are, are are shooting high enough with their selections, but you know, whatever. Uh, hey guys, make sure you go out to the the website and check out the rest of the shows on the network, though. Rarisonas.com. That's R A R E S O N A N C E dot com, and just check out some of the other shows if you like this one. I'm sure you'll like some of those as well. Other than that, it's black on both sides where nothing is black and white. 